1: Robbie comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he stops robbing his home. Sweet song! Wake up, wake up, you sleepy head. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up. The sun is red. Live, love, love and be happy. What if I be blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Listen, but still I listen for hours In his own sweet song I'm just a kid again Doing what I did again Singing a song When the red, red robin comes
2: When it comes to something, when the highlight of a game of football is eating a packet of smoky bacon. Welcome to Charlton Live. Charlton Live. Charlton Live. <laughs> so, very good evening to you and welcome to this evening's Charlton Live. Coming to you live from the Valley here on Maritime Radio. My name is Louis Mendes and joining me in the studio as we get ready to look back at yesterday's board draw with uh, with Fleetwood Town is Lewis Cat. How are you doing, Lewis? Yes, yeah, good, mate. Uh, How are you? You've got the glow of a man who wasn't actually at the game yesterday. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I, I got away lightly. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> it was a, uh, a really boring game of football, unfortunately, and we've got to try and drag an hour and a half out of it. But luckily for us, there was loads of protests. so we can talk about that as well. So on tonight's show, we will uh, talk about the game. Uh, that that won't take too long. Uh, we'll hear from the your exclusive interview with the Charlton manager afterwards. we also, of course, covered the protest here at the Valley yesterday. Crisps were thrown onto the pitch uh, in protest uh, against the owner, Roland Duchatelet So we'll hear from some of the protagonists of that. Uh, we're also going to hear from someone from the Roland Out Today party, John Barnes uh, has been out in, uh, not the John Barnes a John Barnes has been out in, uh, in Belgium again this weekend, uh, the Roland Out Today party are standing in a local election uh, in Roland's hometown of uh, St Trudent uh, later on in the year so I wanted to find out what all that was about, they were uh, over in uh, Belgium themselves this weekend, so I spoke to him on the phone earlier on this afternoon, don't forget if you want to have your say on anything from yesterday, you can talk about the game uh, you can talk about Lee Bowyer's uh, comment after the game, if you want, you can also talk about the protests, anything you want to say for or against anything, you can email studio at CharltonLive.co.uk, you can tweet us at Charlton Live, or you can head over to the Charlton Live forum, uh, there is a thread on there uh, to, to discuss uh, tonight's show. Right, um, Lewis, I like, so you weren't at the game, so it's going to be quite difficult for you to talk <laughs> specifically about the game, but I mean, just overall now, you'll, you'll look at two home games in a week. You know, you tend to aim for four points from two home games in a week. We've only come out with one. Mm. Um, add that to the start of the season, we're still only one winning five now. How, how are you seeing our start of the season taking, obviously, into context everything that's going around the club
3: yeah, at the same time? I think it can kind of be expected with with what's gone on in terms of squad depth and and how the and how the season's really kicked off. We've maybe not sort of got out of third gear yet. Um, Tuesday night was was unfortunate, of course. We were, you know, I felt robbed. Tuesday, so writing that off, I thought that maybe that would put a bit of fire in the bellies of the players to go out there uh, and really thrash Pe- um, Fleetwood yesterday. But that seemed to not be the case, unfortunately.
2: Mm, I mean, with, with Fleetwood getting that five 0 win during the week up, up at Scunthorpe do you then think well maybe they're you know coming into a little bit of form and therefore a point isn't as bad? Yeah, I mean. Or am I, am in terms I, am of, in I terms of way, searching there, for yeah, a maybe
3: maybe digging the positives. I think I think at home we've got to be we've got to be making the place a bit of a fortress. And I know I know it's hard with with what's going on, and you know maybe the Valley's maybe not the nicest place to be playing football right now. In terms of
2: a lot of crumbs everywhere,
3: yeah, a lot of crumbs. Exactly, you trip over a crisps and stuff. <laughs> but you know, in, in general, I think there's a bit of a, a bit of a feel about the place at the moment of just all about you know all round frustration of what's going on. So I think maybe. Is that is that bleeding out onto the pitch a little bit potentially, um, but I don't know. I think as a as a start of the season, it, it's not been that great. Mm. But looking at what the cards we've been dealt in terms of squad depth and and you know being robbed on Tuesday night, I don't want to keep going over that one. Because, <laughs> but that you know that would have been a really important three points if we'd have managed to nick that. Yeah. yeah. But yesterday, obviously, maybe we weren't as up for it. And mm. that's
2: obviously where we've fallen short. Funnily enough, Posh actually went and smashed five goals past Plymouth yesterday as well. So the the the, the two teams that have smashed five goals this week have only managed one <laughs> and yeah. zero against us. So maybe maybe try and take a positive from that. Right, let's have a listen uh, to the highlights of, of yesterday's game. Don't forget, if you want to have your say, email studio at CharltonLive.co.uk or you can tweet us at CharltonLive. This is how it went down on Valley Pass yesterday.
4: So we are underway here at the Valley with uh, the ball going back to Nabisar into. Bellick, who's playing in midfield, a little flick from Taylor into Grant. He's on the run, Colin Grant into the corner of the penalty area. In his early minutes, as Chris come on the pitch, put a ball back in the box. Taylor oh, off the line, almost given Charlton a opening minute lead as uh, Chris packets rain onto the surface. Or if he's going to hold things up here, as uh, more Chris, we're getting a few packets, which is nice. Mostly in front of the covered end, it has to be said, although there are a few in the West End. One's just whizzed past me here, so that's aiming for the director's box, no question. A couple have exploded, so there are loose crisps on the pitch. Interesting to see if any of the players need them
0: for a snack later on. That would have been one hell of a story, that. (laughs) <laughs> your the goal commentary it's Chris. Chris on the pitch so it's a goal <laughs> that would have been brilliant well it was close it's I a great if, start I from
4: Charlton. The, I wonder if the keeper would have complained that a Chris back it in on the head that's why the goal went trying in trying to get involved but again a rebo and uh, Page stop the movement and Rebo sends Ta- Taylor away down the Charlton left takes the shot towards the edge of the penalty area straight down the throat of Alex Cairns
0: yeah I've got no problem with that I think there wasn't many players in him Middle of the box, who's a decent effort from Taylor, takes a little deflection, would cause goalkeeper all sorts of problems. Luckily for Cairns, it's
4: straight, straight the touchline on the left-hand side, ball into the box, a good one as well, a repo jumps, oh, what just ball in. headed away, and it'll drive at Chris Solly's feet. Chris Solly in the centre circle. Tries to switch it in the opposite direction. Bowers there. Bower header back across to Taylor. Oh, oh, he just can't get there before it runs through to Alice Cairns. and Fleetwood. Now try to break quickly down to the
0: channel. Taylor on the right hand side, adjacent to the pounds here. Taylor in the pounds here. Lyle Taylor ball across. Goal oh. deflected over the bar by Morgan. Corner to Jowen had to as well because it would have hit. Uh, it would have come
4: straight to Grant's feet had it not. First of all, super work from Lewis Page. Rode a couple of challenges and then it was a bouncing ball which would have been difficult to deal with. He just. Managed to get enough on it to scoop it left uh, to to his right and the Charlton right when spotted the run of Lyle Taylor, who then took his man on, got into the box, ball across, it
0: had to be Morgan to clear it away. Page will take the corner for Charlton. He's gonna draw this in, Lewis Page of his left foot has done so towards the back post. Bowers there, Bowers won it and straight in the goalkeeper. Two two on the trot that's found Bauer on uh, on the edge of that penalty area and both times
4: Patrick Bauer can't Place his header
0: beyond the kick. Back oh, that's a nice Taylor. effort. Nice effort. Oh, and it was a cross-come shot in the end from Taylor. Almost caught the goalkeeper out and instead went to the roof of the net.
4: No, he knew what he was doing there. I think he wanted a little bit more of an angle on it to head it uh, towards the left-hand corner uh, of the keeper's uh, left-hand, obviously. But just a little bit too
0: central for that to, to have maximum effect, but a decent effort nonetheless. Yeah, Page going to get the first head of Burns. Put Burns just muscles him off the ball. Burns chip back to... Evans, will go for goal, cross goal, and just wide. There's a little deflection off of Billick, I think. Got very lucky. Holt gets on the left-hand side, two in the box. Holt with the overlap of Husband. Holt still with it, finds Husband. Husband takes a touch ball back to Burns, oh, off the line. What and a superb is block to Lewis Page. What and it's a deflected back off of oh. Evans. And the goal kick to Charlton, but Fleetwood should have scored there. There you go. And there is the <laughs> half-time whistle to conclude a very stale... First forty-five minutes, which is appropriate. There's as many stale crisps <laughs> on don't the pitch this, at half time. You imagine could they, could they could are now. Yummy. Burns down to Madden, Jason to the pounds here. Madden chips it back towards Hunter the pounds here. Totally free Hunter. Great oh, save yeah, from Phillips. Phillips. Dives down to his left and makes an outstanding save. The pressure from Page just to force him backwards Allable. and coil with an awkward ball towards Easterman. Grants. Lurking and Eastham's guilty of possession. Now Rebo out left to Taylor for on goal. Taylor cross oh. goal cleared away by Eastham.
4: Just needed another half a yard on that ball across from Taylor. And, he the and corner corner
0: chips 1-0. it into the crowded area. Oh, it's headed up in the air by Grant, I think. towards the back post. Cairns, is nowhere to be seen. It's an awkward one for Solly to get under control. Heads down. It comes to Prattley on the edge of the box and Grant for a yeah. goal. He's offside. Oh, He's offside. But was that against oh. Prattley who left the ball? It was a quick flag from the linesman. Prattley didn't even touch the ball. Oh, that needs to be seen
4: again. Like, uh, right to Solly. Solly still got Prattley on, on his outside. Prattley tried to return the favour to Solly into the penalty area. Ball back across. Gonna follow a rebound with a shot. Oh. oh! Just wide left of the post. A lovely move from Charlton to open up Fleetwood. Chris Solly playing a huge part in that, as was Prattley. But the ball back across into the penalty area. Find a rebo unmarked. You hit the ball on the fall, just wide so left of the post. A minute and a half gone of added time. Grant corner into the edge of the six yard box. And it's a Lapsley with a header, cleared off the line. I didn't see who it was, but keeper was nowhere. Lapsley's header looked like it was goal bound, but not. Page has it back for Charlton. Oh, he's lost out there and he's thrown himself to the floor. And Charlton are in trouble here. Four on two. Marty. On the right-hand side, Madden. Oh, it's blocked away by Chris Solly. He looks at his watch and blows the whistle. And there we are. A game which uh, never really came to life. It's amazing how much better a, a game sounds on
2: the highlights than, than it did uh, than, than, it, than it did in in real life. So a, a goalless uh, draw in the end. Um, and I say, I mean... When you come into to a home game like that, and with all due respect to Fleetwood, you have actually started the season pretty well. But you know, again, if we're talking about a team who are supposedly aiming for promotion, then you know, a home game against Fleetwood, much as like an away game against Accrington was last week, I mean, that's the game you got to be targeting three points in.
3: Exactly. Yeah, they're they're the games you want to be, especially at home. Uh, you want to be you want to be picking up the win, um, and well, as just I touched on, to <laughs> yeah, rather than just picking up the crisps, yeah but like, yeah like like we touched on earlier the, the valley has to be has to be a fortress really your home form is key um, in the division and we, we should be we should be beating teams like Fleetwood Town again like you say no disrespect but we should be beating those sort of sides and it looks like we started pretty brightly um, with that with that Taylor chance, and he scored straight away mid, mid crisp gate <laughs> but yeah um, yeah you've, yeah, you've got to be got to be picking up maximum points.
2: But yeah. well, that is ironic, actually. That our, our, arguably our best chance up in before that maybe the last ten minutes or so when Ariba had a volley was in that mm. opening twenty seconds. Now, uh, Boya came out and said after, and we'll hear it on our exclusive interview with him as well that he was actually thinking, "Oh, please stop throwing the crisp." But I mean, I, <laughs> looking at it, it doesn't seem to make any difference. will get down the down the wing; they have their chance. They have the shot and goal. It's cleared. Yeah. Then the the game's only stopped by the time it goes out of play. Exactly.
3: Yeah, the, the, everything. I think there was actually quite a few people on the line that probably would have cleared that. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, as, as you say, the crisp gate was at it's, its full full whack after the chance had passed. <laughs> so I don't I don't think yeah. it would have caused too much now, um,
2: grief. throughout the course of the game, I mean, as the game went on, I mean, you've seen now the, the disallowed goal from Carlin in the second mm. half. So the, I think it was a corner that came in, got cleared out. I was actually panicking when the ball came down to Solly because I thought there was two or three <laughs> men charging out at him. He was one of the last men back for Cholton. Mm. He had to deal with it, so he just did what he had to do and just headed it back into the danger zone. Now, it just so happened to go through everyone. I think Pratley's stepped over it. Carlin's gone through and got put it in the net. The flag's gone up immediately. Now, with the angles you've seen it from and I've seen the replays from, it's quite hard to tell, isn't it?
3: Yeah, I mean, the only angle I've seen have been on the on sort of the quick fire highlights and to me, it looks as if maybe he's just about onside mm. or level, but... It would be, be good to see it from another yeah. angle,
2: um, cause, whether it clips on yeah. the way through and played him offside, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, because what I decided to do, I, I've actually slowed it down and watched <laughs> it back and forth. And I just think, again, you can't, you, can, you don't get the perfect angle in, on the highlights. and So you're actually seeing seeing how it was half a second after Solly's already headed it anyway, so we don't know where they were just before that. But at that point, both Grant and the defender seemed pretty static, and I think Grant was maybe half a yard off, which I think is why... Mm. possibly the right decision but again I'd have to see it I'd have to see it again I mean Prattley steps over it uh, whether he was in a more offside position beforehand and then it was decided that he was involved in play as well we don't exactly. know It's typical when a, when a referee makes a good decision it goes against us isn't <laughs> it <Yeah. laughs> after Tuesday? Yeah exactly now I mean throughout the game the best chance probably fell to Joe Uribe, um, and that was with 11 minutes left then we had Lapsey in the last minute with a header cleared off the line but I think one of the things that people were talking about after the game yesterday in the pub was we're just suffering a little bit from a lack of creativity at the moment. Yeah,
3: absolutely. There's nothing really. Uh, once it gets into the final third, we just seem to panic a little bit and snap at our chances, and we just haven't got that clinical edge about us yet. I mean, Arebo's chance yesterday. I think you should you should be burying that. I mean, there's sort of no one near him, and he's just sort of managed to drag it wide. Mm. You know, George, unlucky to have his cleared off the line. <laughs> Um, and Carlin, Carlin's offside one was actually quite a good finish. Yeah. But, but yeah, back on a rebos one mainly, I think he should be he should be scoring that, and I know he'll, he'll probably be really disappointed he didn't manage to bury that.
2: I mean, there was times during that game yesterday, and I'd say you were up at Atkinson the week before, where we, we created a few chances, but I just think we are just calling out now for that someone... I mean, if we had Tariq Fosu, for example, in this team, and if we had, you know... The two strikers, they've got a couple of goals already so far this season. I do think they will score more often than not if given the service, but you know, unfortunately on the wing we're not really getting that at the moment and I feel like we are desperately missing the likes of Tariq.
3: We are massively. I've said from the start of the season, Tariq Foster has been a huge miss. He just has that that flair about him and and that edge that you just feel when he's on the ball, you, you feel like something's going to happen and he's going to make things happen. And even to be honest, a little bit with Ben Reeves towards the end of last season as well. He, he had something about him too. And, but not even Reeves may have been inconsistent, but having that quality, even on the bench is something that would obviously aid us in games like this. And, you know, you'd look to someone like Mark Marshall to do that at the moment. That doesn't seem to be working. And then the two strikers—they both played ninety minutes Tuesday and played ninety minutes on um, up at Accrington. So they're, they're going to be absolutely blowing as well. And it's just not having that rotation. It was good to see Igor back on the bench yesterday. I think mm. if he gets some minutes under his belt, I think. I know Boya sort of touched in the interview here, here in a bit. He was didn't do a huge amount when he came <laughs> on yesterday, but he's a bit rusty, which is to mm. be expected. But it's getting bodies back now, so I'm, I'm hoping now the bodies are slowly filtering back through the squad that we might maybe see a change in, uh, in being a bit more mm. clinical.
2: Yeah, that's one thing you guys can have your say on it. Uh, let us know what you made of Igor's uh, performance when he came off the bench for the last half an hour or so yesterday. Uh, studio at CharltonLive.co.uk or tweet us at CharltonLive because that's a player that the fans were calling from quite early on uh, when he came out to warm up. They were calling his name. Remember how good he was when he first started at this club in the championship. But his performances after his first major injury, even for Charlton, were pretty poor, if I'm being honest. So, mm. you know, do you think he can still do that? Let us know. Um... Another thing we've been talking about is decision making. So of course we've been talking about creativity. Part of that probably is decision making and it's something that seems to have blighted Cholton the entire time I've ever watched him, to be fair. But I mean there was one standout one yesterday where, where Lyle Taylor got slipped in on the on, on the wing. Tightish angle, but threw on goal and he decided to square it and now you remember last week we were moaning that Carlin didn't square it when he was at an even tighter angle yeah. but this one so I guess it's you're damned if you do or if you don't. In this case, but he tried to square it. It got cut out, and then Boyer sort of came out after and said, "I oh, probably should have shot him." He talks about, excuse me, in the interview. But what 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 can you do as a as a coach to make the players' decision making better? I think It's,
3: it's difficult. It's, obviously, they're working on it in the <clears throat> week at the ground, at the training ground and everything. Um, I think maybe getting a few more mature heads in and around in and around the place to sort of to aid it in training. You know. Billy Clark, Ben Reeves, those sort of people have have been in the game a while. I mean, you are dealing with people making these decisions that, that are you know barely out of their twenties or are barely out you know 18, 18 to twenty years of age. You know, Carlin, he's only just turned twenty, isn't he? Twenty one. Yeah. 21. And then you know, you, I know you've got Taylor there, and he's he's played in the in the league a long time, and he's got a bit of experience. But you've got people around you, and you are sort of relying on uh, on on those people to to help you. So. Lyle, yesterday he squared the ball because maybe he thought that was the best option he thought to maybe not be greedy and and, and play it, play his man in unfortunately it gets it gets cut out Carl in the week before the young head sees the sees the headlines wants the goal doesn't square it the chance comes yeah. to nothing so yeah it's like you say you're down if you do you're down if you don't but i think it's Experience needed. Uh, Billy Clark. It would be incredible when Billy Clark comes mm. back because he he will be so important.
2: Yeah, but I guess it's a fair. It's probably fair to point out as well that don't forget that Carlin Grant and Lyle Taylor are a very new strike partnership. You know, even Lyle missed a couple of a couple of uh, weeks in pre season as well. So for them to now be actively trying to find those links together, I mean that's got to be a good thing, surely. Yeah,
3: definitely, and and it's maybe it is just a slight lack of sharpness. Um, and yeah, like you say, Lyle missed a bit, of, mm. a bit of pre season. Maybe some of the vital parts of pre-season, but he's back in there now. And Carlin's really impressed me since he's come in. And he's he's made a couple of mistakes, and but it's to be expected when you're that young. But I've I've been really impressed with him. And hopefully, you know, the partnership sort of develops and matures a little bit. The decision making gets better as the weeks go on. But I think we obviously you see it from the outside that you want these things to happen instantly. And with the squad we have, it maybe that's not going to be the case.
2: Now, one of the things I've written down in my notes from yesterday's game, and it's something I've. Called- Sadly, I had to put him on those quite a lot because we're, we're talking about the lack of creativity from the wing. And, you know, Mark Marshall came in yesterday and again and he's it's, it's still not clicking for him and I just can't get my head around why it's not happening for him at Charlton.
3: No, and it's such a shame because I think Nath touched on it last week that he was just so important for Bradford in that season when they got into that playoff uh, final. And he's obviously got something about him because he's done it at this level, but it's just not clicking for him at all. Whether Whether when he got injured at the start of the campaign last season, if that's rocked him and he never really caught up because he was new at that point. He'd only just come into the club. So maybe he hadn't bedded in properly at that time. Your manager changes in March over to Boya. To be honest, I didn't really think Boya saw him as part of his plans. Um, And now now he's in there, but he's still not quite clicking. I mean, he played at a right wing back quite a lot in pre-season, which which was peculiar. So you wonder whether he really knows where he fits into that eleven, and maybe that's... Maybe work playing on his mind a little bit and preventing him from getting to his best, I'm not too sure. But I think again, he's been in the game long enough to know better and maybe he should people should be looking to him to provide something in a game like yesterday, a bit of magic, a bit of experience. Uh but he's he's not really done it.
2: Talking about a bit of experience though, someone who has really added a bit a bit of bite and a bit of winning the ball back to the midfield, Darren Prattley, you know, again you've seen him throughout the season so far. Uh, we weren't expecting him to come in so soon, but now he's getting his getting his, his minutes straight from the off. And yesterday, he looks like he's got a real engine on him. And the amount of times he wins the ball back for Charlton in that midfield, that's that's got to be a positive, you know. Effectively replacing Kashi from last season, um, we'll, we'll see about his passing. Still, we we'll still still got to see about that. But he's certainly <laughs> yeah. winning the ball back a lot.
3: Yeah, you know what? I I've, I've been so impressed with Darren Prattley since he came in, and I'm surprised because there there was a lot of negativity. From the Bolton fans when he mm. left, they were they seemed to be really happy to be shot of him. Which, if he play if he was playing like that, I've no idea why because he's committed and he's you know he's not the quickest player. Of course, you know you know he's maybe a bit leggy and stuff. But he's if he loses, I saw him lose the ball up at Accrington and he made an incredible run to go and win the ball back. And that's what the fans love. They love someone that's got like you say a bit of bite about them is a bit rougher maybe in the center of the park if you need someone to make a bit of a last ditch challenge where the entire crowd go ooh it's Darren <laughs> it's Darren Prattley and <laughs> and it's nice to have him in there and yeah like you say almost a direct replacement for for Cashy. um if he can be as as good as Cashy and, and mm. stay fit more than Cashy, then we're we're laughing
2: I thought uh, I thought Big Nabs had a had a classic Naby style game yesterday, where there were some moments that were just brilliant. Like there was there was a couple of ones where he, he ran out of the defence to cut out passes. There was one sort of on the corner of the chunk penalty area where we were trying to play it out, and my heart my heart was in my mouth. But he dropped his shoulder and played a simple pass and got another attack going. But at the same time, there's other times where he just gifts the ball to the opposition. It's real, <laughs> he's real. He's a real enigma, isn't he? Sometimes Naby. I just I just can't help but love
3: Naby sar because he's just like he just it just looks like from up up in the north upper when you watched him play football he just like he's always smiling <laughs> yeah. he just like he's just like it's someone who enjoys the game I guess yeah exactly and he's obviously got to get boer's touch on him having to get a bit of a, a nasty streak about him and maybe a bit more of a run in the first team will do that for him this season but he has played some he's played some really good stuff and he, he looks really comfortable on the ball um but again there are those moments where you know, you, you sort of go and just get rid of it, get rid of it, get rid of it, and then he ends up nutmegging three people and going on a <laughs> going on
2: a crazy run. And then there'll be the other times where he'll go to play a long ball and it'll hit Lee Bowyer. <laughs> yeah well yeah I'm, I'm very excited for the first time that he actually scores like like the goal he did against Brighton in pre-season he scores that in a proper game I think the, the value will erupt in, <laughs> in a mixture of joy and shock <laughs> which we look forward to. Now someone else who stood out for me yesterday and I'm really pleased with this is, is Dylan Phillips a goalkeeper now we've been talking on this show over the last few weeks ever since you know Jed Steer's come in on loan from Aston Villa I've been worried that that means that Dylan's gonna lose his place mm. But Boya said when he signed him, it's to push Dylan. And in fairness, it has because I mean the save the save he made from from the header yesterday in the in the, in the second half there was like a header into the uh, in, in, uh, you know from about eight nine yards out that he tipped around the post. I mean that was a brilliant save, and it, I, I really yeah. don't think he's put much any feet wrong so far this season.
3: No, he's done him, he's done himself absolutely no harm in the way he's played. And I was the same as you in thinking that when Jed Steer came in, maybe other keepers could have been a little bit disheartened if they'd have come through the. Through the academy, and they waited year upon year upon year to get their shot. Gets given the number one jersey, probably thinking, "Fantastic, this is my this is my chance." And then you sign in a, a keeper of Jed Steer's caliber, you know, Championship was starting the week before for Villa. He, a lot of people would probably get disheartened, but he's he's really pushed himself, and I was I was impressed with him up at Accrington. I was impressed with him again Tuesday night, and the save yesterday from the header was again was sensational. Yeah. So. I'm really, really happy for him, and I've I long made it continue because he's been extremely patient and he deserves his chance. Yeah,
2: I think the, the most, probably one of the most exciting moments of play uh, in yesterday's game actually came right. Uh, in injury time at the end, Chapman had a, a corner that was floated over towards the fire post, and George Lapsley got a header on it, cleared off the line, and then uh, we heard it in the highlights. There, Fleetwood Town broke, and they were literally four and one at one point. I think Solly got back and did really well uh, to block. It. And realistically, that was probably the most exciting football we saw because, other than that, and, and Boyer comes out and admits it as well, it was it was just a. It was just a bit of a nothing game, really. It was quiet. It was, you know, the the ground was quiet. The the team didn't lift the the, the supporters no. at all, really. It's just one of those ones where you're very much reminded that you're in League One. Yeah,
3: the typical League One fixture. All it needed to be was cold. <laughs> That's <all it> needed <laughs> yeah, to be, yeah. Thing. And it would have been. It would have been the the <laughs> catalogue League One fixture. Um, but hopefully there won't be too many more of them this season and, yeah. we, can, and we can just kick on.
2: Hopefully. Right, um, after yesterday's game, Lee Bowyer normally comes in to speak to Terry, but there was an administrative error in game which meant that Terry was out there speaking to Dylan Phillips uh, after after yesterday's game. So I caught up with Lee Bowyer, uh after the game and uh, this is what he had to say to me.
5: It's just one of them days, I think. was just a bit dull, wasn't it? Like From start to finish, it, it, there was no, really, no atmosphere. Um, it just seemed one of them days, you know. But to be fair, like, after Tuesday, like, the effort they put in, they looked a bit lethargic to me, some of the players, and it just seemed a bit sluggish and slow. And But but to be fair to them, like, they, I thought they moved the ball well again at, at the time. So from back to front, like, we've created 20 chances and only hit the target five. So that's where we're going wrong. So we're getting into good areas, but they're making the wrong decisions still. So I have to look at that myself and um, and try and correct that the best I can. But from back to front, I think I think we've done all right. You know, Fleetwood like they're not they're not a bad side. They just went to Scunthorpe and won five nil. I can assure you that no other team's going to do that this season. So that just shows that they they've got a good way of playing. Um, that's why I changed the formation today because they, they can hurt you and they showed that at times on the break they they broke on us and Chris Solly at the end there I think Pagie got caught and then Chris Solly was two against one and then slowed the fella down and, and, and blocked the shot and went out for a corner I think Prattley and, and Chris Solly were and Pagie I think them three was our, our by far our best players today Um. The others were, could be better. Let's say they, they could have been better the rest of them.
2: I guess we've, we've talked about sort of decision-making in the final third a few times so far this season. We saw you know, a couple of times today perhaps if Taylor, when Taylor squares it, perhaps he would have shot. And, and other times like that. Is it just, I mean, how can you try and help to fix the, that for the players?
5: Do you know what, it, do you see what happened there? So then Carlin was in an area and then he tried to square it to Lyle. I think in the first half. And then, so then what happens is then Lowell now tries to square it to, to Carlin. So he's having an understanding. Okay, you've tried to set me up. I'm going to try and set you up. Where before, Carlin shot when he should have squared it. So then Lowell will shoot when he should be squaring it. Do you know what I mean? So the good thing for me is that they're looking for each other now. Instead of being selfish. So that was the thing I had to get on right but to be fair Lowell should have shot and that's a decision making situation that he will have to make himself. I can't do that. Um, but the good thing for me is that they're looking for each other now where before it wasn't like that. So they're looking and, and that's better for the team. Trust me. In the long run that's going to be better for the team. Um but again, from back to front, like we're getting in them areas and where before we wasn't really creating there or getting into them opportunities. But I think to be fair, Christian, I thought he, he done okay today as well. Um, in the middle of the park, like he's been playing centre half now. We've put him in front of the back four, so he, he was good in possession. I thought um, got caught a couple of times. That, that's his experience. He's got. He'll have to learn that you can't take too many touches in the middle of the park. But he, he'll learn. So yeah. Overall, disappointed we haven't won, but um, but now we've got a, a, a full week and, and and we have to get ready for for End.
2: Got our first first clean sheet of the season as well, which I guess is always important to get one of those under a belt as soon as possible.
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They we had two cleared off the line from them, so it's, it's like we, it wasn't bad as dull as it was around like it seemed dull and it it was just quiet and it it wasn't that bad the performance um it's just sometimes I said to him like you you don't play so well or you you just and the atmosphere isn't there and you you have to just maybe nick a goal from a set play or that you know like that sometimes it happens and I'm still waiting for that to happen to us but sometimes it happens so uh but yeah no, we'll be good we'll be good they'll have a full week's training there and um, and then we'll be ready for you're surfing
2: you're able to call upon Igor Vettikeli for the first time this season it's the first time we've seen him in a Charlton shirt in, in a couple of years now I mean what did you make of his sort of cameo in the last half an hour
6: uh,
5: nowhere near fit <laughs> he, he looked like he couldn't even close down in the end and he was only played for a half hour so that just shows you how, how much we're rushing him back Um. We need to get as many minutes into him as possible because he he's going to be big for us this year and we've got to try and keep him fit. Um, a couple of times he to got in, you know, like but uh, they just got back in time or just put a little leg out and, and cleared it. So he's definitely clever. He's a very, very clever striker and he will score goals in this league for sure. So we just need to build up his minutes and get him as much fitness into him as possible.
2: Obviously, the, the loan window is still open. We've seen seen Charlton linked with it, with a couple of names this week. I mean, do, do you think there's going to be any movement over the next few days?
5: Yeah. So Monday, someone should be coming in Monday, um, and maybe another one Tuesday. Hmm. That's the that's the plan.
2: Obviously, after the the game on Tuesday, you were you were quite upset with with the referee and and with uh, with, with the opposition manager as well. But since, and you've had a you've had a charge since then. I mean, do, do you know what happens now? Do you expect you might get a ban, or do, do you know how it works next? I, I
5: don't know. No, I found out yesterday that I've been charged with something, and I said to Chris Parks that he said you've got a week to. Um, to go back to him and, and see what I want to do so I said okay well let's just do it after the weekend there's no point rushing it now I've got the game tomorrow today's game was more obviously more important so uh, I, I didn't want to focus on that at all
2: Finally we know that there's been plenty of headlines about the club away from the, from the football side and the, and the fans had their say today at the start of the game with the protest that sort of held up the game uh, for a little while I mean, did, did you have a view on that?
5: I was hoping they were going to stop chucking the crisps on because I thought we were going to score. Well, we got to the byline and and Carlin cut it back and, and I think Lowe had a shot and it got blocked. And I saying "You please stop them because the refs going to blow the whistle." And then we we're, we're in a good scoring opportunity. But uh, apart from that, look, that's nothing I can tr- I can't control. that. I can't control what the the fans are doing or what's happening off off the pitch. So my my job is to to look at. And look after what's going on on pitch with regarding the players. anything else is out of my control. I can't. I can't control nothing. Can it?
2: Is it quite easy to sort of keep that sort of stuff away from the players? Because I guess it would affect people that they would work with day to day. That some of the headlines about the bonuses and such. So is it just your your job to try and just keep it as far away from the players as possible?
5: Yeah, yeah. I have to keep them separate from what's going on. I have to, because right? like I've said in the past. From from the minute I took over. I have to try and keep the place as positive as as I possibly can, and I think last season, I think I've done that, and I think I've brought everybody back together again, you know, and and I want to keep doing that. I want to keep the positivity in and around the football club because like I love the club, and I, and I want it to be good. I want it to be a happy place, you know, and and I want us all to to have this like journey together, and 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 I want it just to be positive. Obviously, I can't control everything. All I can control is the training grinding on the football pitch. You're listening to Charlton Life.
6: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you.
0: occupying that left hand side at the moment little step over onto his left foot Marshall ball in the box is good and Rebo first time oh what a goal lovely finish oh what a goal Joe Rebo gives Charlton the lead great ball in from Mark Marshall on the left hand side chips it in and Rebo with a calm left footed volley have found the bottom right corner and Charlton have the lead
2: Welcome back to Charlton Live. It's great to hear from Lee Boyer after yesterday's game and you just heard a little snippet from the mascot yesterday, Leah as well. She seemed to be enjoying her, her day. Um, some, some obviously very interesting stuff from Lee Bowyer. I mean, first of all, obviously we'll come on to the protest in a bit, but Lee had his say um, and he sort of, um, he, he did say, he. I mean, that's the first time that we've had one of these protests that hasn't had the game called off within... Three seconds. So mm. actually, just ironically, we happen to be having our chance now. Obviously, we still had that chance anyway. He was talking about before as the ball was going forward. He was thinking, "Oh no, I hope he doesn't get called off." But it didn't. But it's just interesting to hear that's how we how, how we thought about that.
3: Yeah, I suppose oh, he's a he's competitive guy, isn't he? Bo, he's, he's played the game, so he's he's thinking about that <laughs> that hit in the back of the net and the ref saying, "No, sorry, there's a there's a pack of." prawn cocktail and <laughs> blocking the keeper's view or something yeah but you know that that wasn't the case so I, it didn't really it didn't really affect that much did it it was just must be quite weird just standing there and having crisps flying over the top of your head I had some hit me in it was the back been great of view in the, yeah. uh, in the in the media <laughs> bit just like whoosh I had Terry say he had a couple yeah. of land in his lap
2: yeah, no, I got hit yeah. on the back of the heads, and then uh, someone behind me was encouraging me to throw them on, but obviously I, I'm not a hooligan, no. so obviously I, I would be improper. <laughs> so I just handed them to him and let him do it. Um, also, obviously, Lone Windows still open, to talk about a couple of signings. Mm. Um, sounds like uh, Cullen's in the building, from what I've heard. Nice. Uh, so uh, from West Ham, so expecting him to join, uh, join tomorrow, Josh Cullen even from West Ham, 22-year-old midfielder. The other one, I mean, I've heard people have been talking about Union Okay, and I don't know if that's true or not, but that's the name that's been floating around. But...
3: Yeah, I don't, I don't know if we maybe he's a bit out of our out of our reach with, yeah. in terms of salary. Or, you know, he's at Leeds Championship wage, probably earning a decent amount of money. I, I suppose it depends if they want to do uh, Boyer a favour, do their old their old servant a favour, give him a give him a mm-hmm. decent deal. Okay, to be a good addition, but. But um, C- Cullen in particular, Cullen is, me, I mean, because
2: yeah. obviously we're looking for a, someone who's going to replace Jake Forster-Kasky. Do you think, yeah. is he the man that will replace him in the midfield? Is he that sort of player, do you think? Or
3: um, Yeah, I haven't heard a huge amount about Cullen. I, I know he spent a bit of time um, at Bradford, I think it was that last season he was on loan yeah. at Bradford. Um, and he impressed at Bradford. Yeah, he did. Yeah, so look, any, any addition at the moment is more than welcome and we know how much of a miss Jake is. It would be silly to ignore how much we're going to miss him this season, but hopefully... You know this guy's young, hungry. He wants games. He wants minutes, uh, and hopefully he's going to come in and impress.
2: Yeah, excellent. Right, we've got loads of tweets, emails, and, uh, and messages on the forum uh, to to read out. So thank you for for joining in. Don't forget if you want to have your say on anything, yesterday, say email studio at cheltonlive.co.uk. You can tweet us. At Charlton Live, or you can head over to the Charlton Live forum and leave a message on there. And that's exactly what Mendonkreenaz does. Has done he says Happy birthday to me, which is very kind of you. Uh, thank you, Mendonkreenaz. Does uh, I don't know about living the dream. Yesterday was a bit of a bore fest, to say the least. We desperately need to get our injured creative players back and sign uh, some new ones as well. Have we got anyone at the club who can put in a decent cross? Well, Pagey can. Pagey can put in one. Pagey in yeah. a very good cross, but uh, he, he appears to be the only one, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, Lewis Page's cross. Is, uh, are absolutely delicious when, it, when he gets that right. Uh, Mendonca in as carries on. Strikers are crying out for service. We miss Pierce at the back bit, uh, big time. Although Naby's done all right. Performance and results all a bit meh. Uh, still recovering from South End away on Boxing Day, uh, dreading what they might do to us on Saturday if we don't show up. He ends it with uh, hashtag Roland out hashtag Crisps are great, and uh, I can't disagree <laughs> with that. Um, yeah, talk about Pierce at the back, for example. Like I mean, I as know. I was saying, like Sars. So, got this he's got a mistake in him and it, I, I always think he always will do unfortunately because because that's Naby Saar but you know say you you he's probably when he's doing it properly our best ball playing defender you'd argue
3: yeah um and to be honest I, I look back and I think like apart from pre I don't know, pre-season Naby had a bit of a howler with the, but he, taking that out of it he hasn't really made a huge amount of errors I seem to remember he hasn't had a huge it's, amount of game it's, it's, time of it's course just giving the
2: ball away and stuff yeah, like that really,
3: I mean I, than, I look yeah. at you know Bauer last season up at down at Wimbledon that led to a goal Piercy made a mistake at Bristol Rovers the week before that led to a goal so I think you're in that you're in that last line aren't you and you're if you make a mistake it's you, you're relying on the people around you to mm. to recover that and and Naby of course he comes across as this you know this big Unit that could maybe be a little bit sort of I don't know just like off off balance, is not he? he? Looks like he's a bit out, <laughs> of, pro, out of proportion or whatever. But yeah, um, yeah. I mean Pierce. The, the sooner Pierce comes in, obviously it is good because he adds experience and, and a bit of fire as well. I think he's a bit more of a of a fierce player than anyone else we've really got in the mm. squad. Like he, him and Prattley through the spine is quite yeah. it's good to see Pierce. He,
2: he was on the bench yesterday. Obviously he didn't come on. Uh, the first time we've seen it for, for a little while since he got injured. It was up at Sunderland he got injured, wasn't it? Yeah, so, yeah. So hopefully he'll be back uh, sooner rather than later. It's interesting actually, <coughs> excuse me, just looking at some of the tweets that, w- that were going around yesterday. Uh, Mike Tyson, because uh, obviously on Thursday's show we had Rosie Swarbrick from the Blackpool Gazette and she was sort of uh, saying about how good Fleetwood were, at, uh, you know, particularly during that 5-0 win at uh, mm. at, uh at Scunfork during the week, and uh, he was saying he was he, he was saying he disagreed with, with what she'd said based on what he'd seen during that day. I think we only we only very rarely saw flashes of what Fleetwood was supposedly about, and it's probably towards the end of the first half. Uh, they yeah. had a couple, a bit of a spell where they had one cleared off the line by Pagie for example. But other than that, uh, he wasn't that impressed. So you know, maybe that's us keeping him keeping them tight. Who knows? Maybe it's them having an off day, right? F. James. Uh, says, ineptitude sums up Cholton, I'm afraid, devoid of any ambition in front of goal. Get a grip. My summary of the game, rather uh, my rather austere view of the game. I just couldn't get excited. Something has to happen and quick. I like Marshall, but to see his face when he realized that he was to be substituted uh, was, in my view, sad. He's a great talent, but just hasn't produced it at Cholton. Uh, not many... Uh, have to be honest, Lyle Taylor was pretty useless today as well, uh, buck up your ideas lads or we'll be struggling I mean, because mm. he he, Taylor came in for a little bit of stick last week as well, I mean he froze himself about a little bit but they, he probably had more a more quiet game after the first half yesterday I think
3: Yeah, I mean, I think the, the, the main criticism <laughs> I gave him the other week was that when, when the, the rub of the green was against him, his head dropped sort of mm. a bit early on and he maybe didn't give himself the opportunity to grow into the game um, obviously, I wasn't in the game yesterday, so I couldn't judge it. But you know, he seems he can. He has these little moments, doesn't he, where he looks like he's going to produce, and he's he's got not a bad. He scored a couple of goals this season already, and maybe. I don't know. It's hard for me to judge it because I wasn't there yesterday. So well, yeah. based on Peterborough, I thought he had a he had a better game at Peterborough. at quiet, <coughs> I thought I got Akinfenwa. Like I say, I think his his head dropped early on, and he never let himself grow. So he was,
2: was involved a fair bit, it was particularly early. Like we, like we said, we saw that chance. Yeah, within the first twenty mm. seconds or so, we had a shot from the corner of the penalty area when there was nothing really else on. So he decided to have a pop, and that wasn't a dreadful effort. And like we say, yeah. that that sort of uh, you know decision making when he got he got slipped through as well. Uh, that where perhaps he chose the wrong one but you know if he'd shot a goal and he got saved by the keeper at his near post and then didn't go square when Carlin was looking like he might be in a bit of space then we'd all be screaming at him for not doing that exactly, as well. so, exactly. bit of a tough one for him right Ever carries on saying I'm normally uh, over pro at Charlton but things uh, aren't moving in the right direction let's hope that September is good uh, for us right Jonathan Ackworth says I've been saying it for years we need a goal scoring coach brought in uh, at the club someone perhaps like decanio Andy Huntman, Donker and Hales even who can teach our goal shy strikers where the back of the net is? Uh, he said we had Jack Barham uh, sitting at Greenwich, but now Barnet. Uh, did we sat him up, uh, snap him up? No, where is it? Uh, Jack Barham's gone to League Two. Oh, it's not even, not even League Two, he's gone to the conference, isn't he? So um, I, I don't know whether uh, that would have been a player in- interesting us at all. Um, uh, David Letchford said, uh, it's because our midfield is rubbish, no one can pick out a pass, and we have no wingers that is going to cost us. Uh, big time this season. I mean, we've said it already, but we are desperately going to miss Jake this season, aren't we? Because yeah, I think, I, absolutely, for me, he was my player of the season last year.
3: Yeah, hundred percent. I was actually quite surprised he didn't pick up the award. Um, still had a great season, but I was Jake all round. He is a great deliverer of the ball. He's great at dead, in dead ball situations. He can bring the ball forward. I think he demonstrated that in the, in the friendly uh, against Norwich when he got that goal, which was which was mm. off the back of a really good run. But he just has something about him. He was someone that came into the club that maybe hadn't been given opportunities elsewhere from Brighton and he came here and he made a name for himself and you know it it speaks volumes now how much we genuinely all miss having <laughs> him out having him out on the pitch and we that was the you know it's the last you know we don't want to see any players injured, but of all the people to lose for the season I, I was absolutely beyond gutted. That it was him.
2: Hmm. Uh, right. Uh, Sammy gets involved. He says uh, on Twitter. He says again, we got done by a poor ref decision. Grant was clearly on side uh, when he scored. It's getting ridiculous now. I mean, we did discuss it earlier. I mean, I haven't seen a replay that shows it was clear either one way or the other. And also, I mean, Boyer didn't really make anything in the, of it in the post match, which normally. If it was a clear one, you'd expect him to have bought it up at least. I guess. Yeah,
3: unless he was trying to behave himself after the other day. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was quite surprised. There was no... Uh, Bowyer and Barton, I thought that would be a bit fiery in the, on the touchline, but I didn't hear of anything.
2: No, it was a bit villain. tame, really. Yeah, I thought um,
3: two, two big personalities, yeah. I thought it might have... Uh, I, I was expecting Joey Barton
2: off. to be dressed a bit better. He looks a bit like a yeah dude, wasn't that dress well no. I thought he'd be a bit of a snappy dresser for some reason but he wasn't he also didn't come into the press conference because I was quite looking forward to see what he had to say but he did his <laughs> one uh, by the side of the pitch so he didn't get to hear that un- unfortunately right is. Uh, I've been missing these Reese has got his uh, notes out on his iPhone again uh, like a professional footballer. Only 9% battery, Reese. Get that on charge as soon as possible. Uh, he says, such a spineless, weak performance. Only Taylor and Prattley played well and made any real impact. Defence was very dodgy and weak and gave the ball away far too often. Lucky uh, they didn't take their chances. Don't know why Boyer ever changed from 4 4 2 when Solly. And Page clearly aren't good enough to do a job as a wing-back, offer absolutely nothing down the wing. Uh, don't think Boyer is getting the most out of the team. We don't have a good enough squad to mount a serious promotion challenge, but it's still uh, far better than Fleetwoods and Accrington's teams we should be beating comfortably. If I was Boyer, I'd be more concerned with the poor performance, not about criticising the fans, saying the atmosphere was bad, and it was somehow our fault that we didn't score in the first minute, and it was nothing to do with their defender making a block now because I noticed um because because yeah Bo's obviously came out and said yesterday straight away I don't think he was being malicious I I, I just think you're saying it was quiet and it was quiet and I think you know I've fair to say the the performance of the team didn't lift the fans because we know that can happen well exactly I mean Tuesday night the the performance was
3: although we lost the performance was pretty much there and we were were fired up but you have those games in football sometimes (coughs) you're you're going to get those flat nil nils and it's not, yeah. You know, it's not the fans. It's not the fans' fault that they're not motivated. Just also, I don't, but I don't think Bo is relating to that. I think Boja's yeah. just making the point that it was one of those weeks where, mm. I mean, it's, it's the one of those players ones, aren't feeling it, yeah, neither yeah, are the fans. I, I guess it's one, one
2: of those ones you got, got to be slightly that. careful about what you say because obviously yeah. there will be some like like Reese saw that as well. You know, everyone's always very proud when there's a good atmosphere, and like say Tuesday, will be, you struggle to beat that considering how few people are in the ground. Mm. But I mean, it was quiet yesterday. But I guess some, sometimes. Uh, some fans would prefer if the manager just didn't mention that. He just sort of said the performance was flat, but it, yeah. it sort of did add to the day that it was just a Bleh. Yeah, it's just like it was, it was just a, a, a fair complete day. flat day. Yeah, um, he's. He, I mean, he points out that he, he doesn't believe the squad's anywhere good enough for promotion, but uh, I think I think that's fair to say. Yeah, uh, I think I think maybe hmm.
3: not in terms of quality. I think more in terms of numbers. Yeah, quantity.
2: Yeah, uh, right. Lee Boyer's Red Army uh, or Kai says uh, overall wasn't good enough. Couldn't uh, create barely any chances. And the ones we did create, we missed the target. Most of the time, the defence was way too sloppy and gave the ball away on multiple occasions. Uh, decision-making was appalling and has been for the last few games. He gives a, a, a score of a 2 out of 10 there. But then he adds, uh, I think our tactics need to change so that Carlin and Lyle don't have to go out wide Soft, so and There's plenty of times. I mean, Carlin... Um, he's a player who has, throughout his career, obviously a very young fledgling career so far. But you often see him actually playing on the wing, so uh, you can see he gets attracted to the wing quite a lot. But there was, as uh, as Kai points out quite correctly, there there was quite a few times that we saw Lyle Taylor over on the wing as well, and that's always a sign when the the striker's out on the wing that he's not getting any service and he's desperate just to try and make something happen for
3: himself. Exactly. Um, I saw I saw (coughs) Lyle actually. He get he got dragged out, um, left quite a bit when he was at Wimbledon last season um i suppose that sort of sums up they're not exactly the most creative of sides either so he's obviously got that in him to try and make something happen for himself um and as you touched on with carlin as well that's so they're just they're trying to if something's not working you're gonna you're gonna try and sort of drop yourself in whether it be deeper or wider to try and get hold of the ball and do something but Mm. it's just not not happening for us
2: yeah right uh mike tyson says seen people digging out dylan phillips uh, don't get that He kept a clean sheet Tuesday, uh, yesterday, Tuesday, beaten only by a penalty. Accrington could do nothing about their goals. Sunderland's slightly at fault if you're being really critical, but no, he's had an excellent start to the season. Yeah, I'd be, so, be shocked if people are digging out yeah, I 100% agree
3: with him there. I think Sunderland's the only game you could be slightly critical, but that was his first... Real league start, wasn't
2: it? in, in a, Maybe, even, was it his first league nah, start? Yeah, he had a, he's, few, a few, he started few before. Yeah. last season, didn't he, and the season before. But yeah, he'd, um, yeah. I, I just think he hasn't put a, a foot wrong. It's one of the things nah. that with the Boga interview yesterday, I was actually going to ask him, because it was quite a long one already, I do want to keep him. I was going to say, like, you must be pleased because you said that Steer has come into Dylan, and that's exactly what he's done. Exactly, 100%. And it's it's,
3: it's working. And he's, you know, yesterday, clean sheet, yes, pretty rubbish game but maybe that's sort of rubbing on that maybe that's why he's they're finding a bit of a scapegoat there somehow that how that can relate to a keeper who's kept to clean sheet i don't know um tuesday night beaten by a penalty that wasn't a penalty uh and up at Accrington, made an incredible save and then the guy follows it up and puts it he hasn't really put a foot wrong like you say so i think mm-hmm. it, it's pretty harsh to be critical yeah. of dylan
2: yeah right matt brown uh says, uh, we seem to look more for a pass at times when it would have been better to shoot, and then we seem to just hit shots rather than trying to place them. Uh have to say, Dylan made some good saves yesterday, which Barton and Hill uh, both pointed out in the dugout. Oh, that's good to hear that. That's good. It's good to hear that he was getting um, uh, uh, you know, praise from from the opposition bench as well. Um, yeah, a, a fair point. I mean, Boya said it himself. That it's, just, it's just decision-making <laughs> again. We were passing when we should be shooting and shooting when we should be passing. And like I say, for some reason, that's always been Cholton ever since I started watching him at times. But uh, yeah, Wayne said the midfield need to be more creative uh, for the forwards. Now, I mean, I guess if you're looking at the players we have, have in the midfield at the moment, I guess you're probably the most creative one there you'd be hoping to pick out of the passes would probably be Joe Rebo, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. So do you, do you think he's got that in his locker?
3: I think he has. Um, this, I think on the ball, I think Arebo is shows real, real bits of quality. I, I think we we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago, where he seems to get surrounded by players and sim, somehow manage to create the space and play a pass. Um, but again, a very young player. So is it fair putting that weight on the player of that age's shoulders? Probably not. Mm. <laughs> but that's what we've got to look to at the moment, and he's he's an incredible talent and. I'm hoping, you know, now You like, so you think last year we we've, we've had Conzers and the Lookmans and stuff like that. Maybe this year he'll be the sort of standout academy guy.
2: Yeah. Uh, right, Matt says, we seem to look more... Uh, sorry, I've already done that one there. Ryan says, mm-hmm. no width, no creative spark of Jose should have come on. Now, it's interesting because I felt when Nicky came on on Tuesday against against Peterborough, he actually added something a bit different to us. Now, we, yeah. we know that, you know, I know that Nicky's never, never quite... Being the Nicky or Josie we were hoping he would be, but you know he, he ser- we certainly seem to look a bit more lively up top when he came on on Tuesday. So I just wonder if he might have been tempted to do that again because quite clear to say that he doesn't seem to be Bowyer's first pick for anything, does he? But
3: no, of course not. And um, I think you may, yeah, maybe he he could have come on yesterday in, instead of Igor I maybe mean, we were sort of pushing Igor <coughs> a little bit too much. Um, I got to take it. Ojoza didn't come on yesterday at all, did uh. he? Which is a bit of a shock because I, I do think when he came on on Tuesday night he he you know he he changed the game and he brought he brought something fresh to it but he's he's had a full pre-season behind him really he's not mm. of course he's not had the minutes in the league but he had a full pre-season a full program so he's obviously he's in a better physical condition than than so maybe he should have come on yesterday something could have happened but you could look at that but Again, it turns out what Nicky or Jose is going to turn up, doesn't it?
2: Yeah. Right, Thomas Roper uh, double-tweeted earlier. He says, uh, would love to listen to Charlton Live tonight, but feel be hijacked by naive people tweeting uh, in that the bigger problem at the club... In the past four and a half years, suspiciously slow takeover and Roland's arrogance and treatment of the whole club are the protests rather than those managing uh, the club. Uh, There's one guy on Twitter telling us the Aussies are going to be amazing, give us a war chest to get us in the Premier League in five years and get us in schools and colleges. But that guy will go unnoticed versus the amount of undue criticism that people like Rick Everett uh, will receive. Uh, tonight, I know. There's certainly because obviously we're going to cover the protest in detail. We've got interviews with Card as well, but obviously we've got loads of tweets from people who are at the protest or, or decided not to go to the protest. We're going to cover it from every side because that that's the nature of the show. Everyone's allowed to tweet in. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So there's there's certainly been quite a clear division. Uh. Not 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 between all fans, but you know, there's certainly a section of fans who don't want to get involved with that sort of stuff and and aren't happy with what's happening. And there's also a section of fans who are happy to to protest and stuff as well. So it's it's quite interesting, and it's quite <laughs> you've got to try and manage that quite well tonight because there's people from both sides. We've got to make sure they're both heard. Um, so straight away, um, London at Giza, complete non-event, the protest and the match both were turgid, uh, but we got publicity, I suppose, Dari the protest, and we got a point. The footage going around on social media uh, about the protest are embarrassing, though, a handful at the window shouting and a few packets of crisps on the pitch. And actually, he's actually summed it up quite nicely there, London at Giza, because he's got both sides of it there. Like, yeah. I mean... If, I was at, Obviously I was at the protest yesterday, I was covering the protest, I was filming it, I was seeing what was going on. Mm. Um, it certainly wasn't the biggest one in terms of numbers, um, and ph- photogenically it didn't look that amazing compared to what we've seen maybe two years ago. But at the same time, as London Indieser says, it's still got on the back page of the Evening Standard twice this week, it was on the front page of BBC Sport yesterday, the protest, the no matter what you say about whether you find... I mean, I can't understand how you can find it embarrassing because who's mm. who's taking the no. mick out of you? is like exactly. Yeah, but um, it was on the telly. It was on the radio. It was everywhere. BBC London sent down one of their main people yesterday for Charlton Fleetwood, which they would never do. Normally, I'd have that gig. Uh, they sent down <laughs> one of their main people purely because there was a protest. I mean, it got the reaction it was going to get. Now, you say it was... If you say it was, say, a, a bit of a non-event. Now, I don't know. You know, there's not going to be big explosions and stuff you're going to come down here people are going to shout a bit there's going to be Chris you might it might feel like nothing much is happening but the thing is it gets what it wants and that's newspaper headlines there's not going to be one single protest where all of a sudden Roland de Châtelet is going to wheel down a window from a car where he's driven past and went all right I'm off sorry you guys have sorted that out <laughs> I it's, wish yeah it's just a drip 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 effect and this is yet another headline in in the papers that even went out to Belgium as well
3: exactly and it's that it's, it's a bit of a ripple effect isn't it you know you've got Yes, numerically was the turnout as good as it's been previously? Probably not. But then more people are staying away now. You yeah. know, the initial protest—we were playing Championship football poorly, but we were playing <laughs> Championship football. The, the ticket sales were a lot uh, were <laughs> considerably higher. That was when it was really raw and it was really starting to kick off. And I think some people see it as like we've done the we've done the you know the missiles on the pitch. We've done the shouting at the West Stand. It hasn't done anything. There's no one, you know, there's nobody up there to shout at. Richard Murray's on holiday, Tony in somewhere else, blah 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 blah. But then it's like it's like you've just said, yes, that is the case. But people have turned out, it's got on every single sports media outlet that you can think of. Anything you open, it's there. Jim White was here yesterday. You know, it's it's getting the coverage and other fans of other clubs are seeing it. And now the EFL are getting involved, hopefully. And it's making, it is making waves. And it's, it's not about how you do it. It's just about doing something. Mm-hmm. Tom summed it up perfectly in the week about, you know, yes, it might, people might not think that throwing things on the pitch and chanting at the West End is the best way of doing it. Maybe some people think with their, you know, they want to protest by not coming and not lining the pockets. But it's doing something. It's just the fact that you do something, whatever that may be, you never know, how little, how small, as long as whatever it is, it's getting the attention. And people know in the footballing world, people aren't stupid, they know that Charlton are a club on their knees. And every single thing you do, whether it's throwing a packet of crisps on the pitch, whether it's staying away, whether it's just going and Charlton outside the West End and then not bothering to go to the game, you're still doing something about it. And I think that's where maybe people can be misunderstood a bit and think that you know things are a non-event, but they're
2: not really. They, they everything has its own impact. So if, if, if there was, if there was a legal protest mm. that tomorrow you do it, and like I say, Roland was here, or Roland would suddenly fly over and say, "Oh, just, just, let me sign the club boy." I don't care. If there was a way of doing that, then people would do it. But Absolutely. there's not, no, and that's why not. people. I mean, it's difficult to come up with ideas. Like I say, yesterday's ideas certainly um, caught the attention. I mean, people say, "Oh, it's embarrassing. It's a gimmick." Well, gimmicks are. It works. So gimmicks work. It works. Yeah, it's like about I say, a ridiculous story yeah.
3: about someone having to ask yeah. permission to eat crisps yeah. at their desk. Well, that's the,
2: fun, the funny thing about that story is it was so ridiculous. I mean, like I say, I, I mentioned folks first, I heard that story two or three weeks ago and I thought this is just a bit silly but mm. when you back it up with the fact that it's, it's the bonus situation and this is the working conditions that people are being forced to work under, that's when it sort of marries up together and it becomes a big story and we'll hear from uh, clive harris from card uh, in a minute why as to why they, they threw their weight behind the, the support of, of the staff of course uh, simon holland says really think it's about time the australian consortium made a public statement about uh, where they uh, where they are uh, with the takeover conflicting information about one the efl waiting for processing uh, paperwork but two according to an efl source that rich that uh, rick everett tweeted about he said the efl say that's not the case uh, uh, that they're aware of. So what's going on? So obviously obviously the conflicting stories there, the clubs in the fans forum uh, message suggested that and suggested that there was some sort of paperwork issue mm-hmm. that they're waiting for from the Australians. Uh, Rick Everett said that he had a source that said this isn't true. Um, so, I mean, obviously with the Australians, there's going to be some sort of non-disclosure agreement. They're always using yeah. big deals like this. Um, but do you think if, if it was possible, because they had, had a released a statement a while ago, I mean, judging by the statement that came out from the club this week, without the Australians, nothing's changed. According to that, so if they come out and release another statement, is it just going to say the same thing? More than likely. I mean, it's. <coughs> I don't.
3: I don't know what paperwork they're waiting to process. <laughs> it takes. It take a really long time, whatever it is. But
2: would you ever do that? I mean, whenever I get, I have like, to change waters, like change your energy supply, and you got a form to finish, in. It's like, oh, I'll leave it for six months. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Maybe I'll that's. I leave it for a bit.
3: <laughs> yeah, that must be what it is. That's
2: got to be it. Right back to the football. John Pitch has said, a uh, lack of midfield creativity. Marshall was anonymous. Aribo not his best and Prattley not suited at all uh, to an advanced midfield role. Lebo needs to find a creative spark and soon oh, we'll be seeing a lot more uh, performances like this. Right, uh, Uh, 100% Charlton sent us a a screenshot from Lyle Taylor's Instagram, which we'll come on to later because you've got that ready as well, uh, Lewis. Uh, Tim Jackson, hi, all. yesterday was a black day for our club. Not enough fans to make a protest worthwhile. Awful football and an exhausted team. A mental exhaustion from four years of fighting Ronan, leaving fans unable to support the team or protest. He says, glad that we're away next week. Yeah, but we're away to Chris Powell as well. It's it's, going to... Just Makes it even you, worse. Yeah, kick you when you're down. <laughs> Ev says uh, our midfield is our void, but if we do uh, get okay, and I think he's saying it, and Fossu and Reeves, and eventually a fully fit Clark, uh, then we'll steamroller this league. Only four games gone, lads. Well, five, five games in now. Uh, still plenty of football left to be played. Krizzy uh, Ch- uh, says, A desperately depressing day. The arguments between the fans, especially at the poorly attended protests, and the bloke behind me shouting at me uh, to sit down during the crisp-throwing toothless team, bitterly disappointed, uh, but at least the protest was noticed uh, by the press. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Um, yeah, it was interesting, actually. Like I so said, one of the... <laughs> for anyone who was at the protest yesterday, there was this bizarre uh, situation where it all got a bit... It all got a bit unnecessary. Um with a couple of fans who are on the stairs going up. Now I know I know the fan, I know him quite well. If you whenever you hear the words Charlton Live on this show, it's him saying it. He uh-huh. was the fan who got involved uh, he, so basically, I went up and spoke to him after because you know he's he's, he's a good guy and I know him and I've mm. never seen him in a situation like that before. Yeah. Um, and understanding of the situation is that he was like, he's a season to get hold. He was going up to his seat with his son, um, and there was a shout from from down downstairs. I'm not sure exactly who it was. I'm not going to. I don't think it was from the, one of the main card people, for mm. example, but it was someone who was attending the protest. Yeah. Of, something on the lines of what are you doing? Why are you giving him money? Uh, and obviously, that, that that is one of the splits in the fan base at the moment, is there are some people who, some people who don't care about Roland, but this person's not in that situation. they someone who do ca- does care about the situation, has attended marches before, um, had crisps in his pocket, ready to do whatever with, part of the protest. But mm-hmm. at the same time, he wants to go and watch football with his son. Now, that's you know, that's exactly. some people, and more than entitled to do that. You know, None of us have stopped going to games, but a no. lot of people have. Um, so that's why it got a bit heated and... <coughs> Excuse me, and it was it was disappointed to see that because I think it's worth remembering that as a fan base, you want to try and stay to, as together as possible. You know, according to the the fans saying it, Roland is the enemy here. You know, not other Charlton fans. Now, there's, exactly. like I say, there's so many different lines of Charlton fans. There's Charlton fans who want to protest Roland, but don't like Card. I mean, but I mean, they're wasting their energy moaning at Card unless they're going to do something themselves. If we're being realistic, yeah, absolutely. There's Charlton fans who. Um, Obviously, part of card, If they start moaning at fans who also want Roland out, they would be wasting their energy as well. It's it's all you've got to try and keep the fan base together and just remember what the one aim is. And don't forget, there are people who, like I say, don't care about Roland and just want to watch the football. And they're probably and you know they're more than entitled to have their say. But you know, it's such a difficult situation to, to try and balance as well right um i need to rest my voice slightly so i think it's time to hear uh, one of our interviews we've still got two interviews left to come we've got one with clive harris from card which we'll hear in a second we've also got one from with john barnes from the Roland out today party uh, over in belgium which we'll hear in, in a few moments time we've still got all your emails to come as well uh plenty of good stuff in here but yesterday uh like i say before the the chris protest i went to have a chat with uh clive harris uh, from Card, just to find out uh, what it's all been about for them this week.
7: It's been an amazing week for the amount of coverage we've had across every media platform. And one that really resonated with us was this story, this suggestion, that members of staff were had to ask their line managers to find out if they could eat crisps or not at their desks. And, I mean, it's just so obvious for now that we supply those crisps for us. So what we've done today is, I think we've, we've bought every packet of crisps that's available in South East England. And the intention is to hand them out and uh, people can uh, do what they want to do with the crisps they, uh, they don't taste great but they're eminently flow- throwable so <laughs> let's hope that goes down well Obviously the, the crisp story is
2: uh, a bit of a ridiculous story that's caught the, the attention this week but it's, it's come on the back of a much more serious story in terms of the, the club staff bonus situation and you know, adds on to it it talks about the, the sort of Pressure they have to work under, yeah. But obviously the bonus situation is one that Cardiff sort of thrown their
7: weight behind the star for as well. Well, at 100%, we've now moved into a, a different. Phase of what has been an appalling four and a half years, league But now when we get to the stage where our own staff are not being paid bonuses, bonuses that they've worked extra hours for, these aren't highly paid uh, members of staff. This isn't our, our players as such. These are people that put in the hours to enable us to put on a game so people can still come and watch and follow Charlton Athletic, no matter how bad things get. And for them to be punished by de Châtelet, it's just appalling. And that's why we've got the media behind us, I think we've got nearly every supporter that comes along will behind us as well. That's why we've got uh, uh, our Greenwich councillors writing letters in opposition to it. I mean, there's no one now that doesn't realise the state of this club.
2: Obviously, behind a bit of anonymity, the club staff have written an open letter to Renegy Shatter as well. So that's another stage because we've never really heard on the record any sort of disgruntlement
7: coming out from within the club until this week. No, certainly not publicly. And, um, I mean, that shows exactly where we are now. And and more power to them, more credit to them. You know, we will stand with them and we will offer them whatever advice, support they need to get them through this so that they end up getting paid for the work they've done already. This needs to be sorted out and that's why the authorities, I'm glad, are now starting to pay their attention to this as well. This is more than just a protest. I never believed we'd get to this stage where the club members would get involved with us, staff members get involved with us, but here we are.
2: And obviously, as you mentioned, the EFL wrote, wrote a, letter, well, a statement yesterday saying that they're willing to go and meet with the supporters' trust and with the club themselves uh, to get to the bottom of the
7: situation. I mean, what, what did you make of that, what, what they've said so far at the moment? Well, it's a start, isn't it? I mean, how much they can do, how much they can achieve, we don't know. But I think it's pretty unprecedented for the AFL to actually get to almost an intervention stage at least they want to speak and listen and find out for themselves how much power they've got we don't know but we've asked the questions uh, the, the uh, supporters trust in particular have done well to get them to engage with us and on the back of this week's coverage I'm glad that the AFL finally listening to the problems of this football club I mean, Is there a view that
2: you have on what you would like the AFL to do because I mean They're they're probably in a fairly difficult situation in terms of you know any punishment on the club will probably just affect the fans anyway. Uh, Ronald de Chatelet is still the owner of the club, so they can't really just force him to sell the club. So I mean, what, what do you think that they can actually
7: do? I think it's a pressure across every level now. I don't think one single instant will will land the knockout blow but you know with members of Rot overseas in Belgium on his back door with us doing this today here at the Valley with our supporters with the EFL writing letters with local MPs or councillors writing letters as well MPs backing us and all this eventually De Châtelet realises that if he's true to his word that he wants to get rid of this club he needs to get rid of this club quickly and stop thinking about these ridiculous prices that we assume that he's asking for that's preventing the sale to go through it needs to happen now because it's not good news while de is still involved in football it's no good news for anyone including himself what about the job that Lee Bay is doing under all these pressures as well well it's amazing isn't it I mean and switching back to my sort of historian head I think we'll look back on this in 30 years time and 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 just think it's incredible he's achieving what he's achieving and there's a wonderful sense of irony that when we look at the two bright sparks in all this, we've got Johnny Jackson and Lee Bowyer, which are two figures that actually the people who support this club can identify with. They're not imports from de Châtelet's regime. So, you know, the last thing we want to do is affect the players. I don't think it does affect them. I think the records that shows for itself. When we've had protests, they've actually performed because we've managed to generate an atmosphere get behind the team by all means but let's get behind the staff as well and it's about them today
2: so it was great to hear from from clive harris from car just so, to explain a little bit more about uh the, the protests and to hear it from 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 the horse's mouth as, as such let's like say uh so 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 thanks to to, to clive for for joining us there we obviously keen to point out that they still you know whether whether you come to games or not uh, uh, the protesters all still support charlton exactly you know
3: they wouldn't be doing it if they didn't care no 100 it's like we've said, people people may find their own ways to vent, but <coughs> card is a, is a fantastic, fantastic thing. Uh, people may not agree with me, but I think ev- everyone is pushing for the same goal, and cards have their way of, you know, wanting to make that happen. That's yeah. their effect, and that's how. And it's it's proved that it's worked. It's got international media, it's got press, and I think that they should be they should be well supported. But you know, of course, people are going to have different opinions to me, but. Everyone wants the same end game at the end of the day, and we're all Charlton fans, and that's mm. that's it.
2: Excellent. Right. Chris Davin uh, sent us an email yesterday. It says uh, the, the subject line is dull. It says, just got back from the Valley. How dull was that? Nothing happened for 90 minutes. The official attendance was uh, under 9,000, uh, but I'd say realistically it was under 5,000, though the, ofi- the officially 80 Fleetwood fans were in attendance. So he <laughs> reckons it was only 40. Uh, I didn't actually count, but the, yeah, the official amount was eighty, which is interesting. The first you could have counted; it was that uh, bad of the yeah, game. You could, yeah. that probably could have killed some yeah. time. I probably could have. Uh, the The official attendance from Fleetwood the first time they came was eighty nine. Then it went up to a hundred and something. Last season. Now it's gone back down to eighty. So I really want to know what happens like that twenty thirty. That just one week, but like, oh, I can't be bothered this week. Uh, right. Safe to say the boycotters boycotted their day after the damp squib of a turnout. Is safe. He is safe to say that card are a busted flush. Uh, not their fault. But if you urge boycotting fans to turn up and protest, and they and they. Uh, They can't be bothered. I think it's safe to say Card have had their day. To be honest, the crisps on the pitch fiasco was a farce. Uh, Fans are all protested out. I know uh, you boys back Card until your dying day, but you can't dress today's protest up as anything other than a massive flop. Sadly, there had to be a man with a megaphone at the front of the protest, even more cringeworthy, uh, to be honest. As for on the pitch, a very poor game. Fleetwood uh, and us were both pants. God knows what that woman from the Blackpool Gazette was on about on your show on Thursday. Uh, Barcelona-esque, they were not. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I mean, she's you, you, not going to come out after they just beat them scum for five, and say actually they're pretty rubbish. She was yeah, just five. The,
3: yeah, she was living on that high. <clears throat> yeah, she's still, she's still up there. Yeah, uh,
2: this league is even more hopeless than last season. Which is why I can't. Uh, which is why I can see us making the playoffs. Anyway, I don't want to talk about the things we've gone through. Though it's hurting me now. It's history. I've played all my cards. That's what you've done too. Nothing more <laughs> to say. No more ace to play. Chris Davin, always signing off with a, a musical. Uh, influencer, and I always enjoy those. Cheers for your, <laughs> yeah. cheers for your email, Mister Davin. Uh, Phil uh, DM'd us says, "Hi guys, I went to the card protest yesterday. Pretty lame, to be honest. However, it got plenty of media coverage to embarrass the regime, which has to be a good thing. And that's the point. you know, What Phil said, and even I think uh, you know the, the majority of email said, even if it wasn't like the explosive, it, it wasn't not Hill Carnival we were attending. It was a it was a <laughs> exactly. protest against someone who wasn't even there. Mm. But it still got the headlines, and I think that's the main thing that you're trying that's to achieve. That's the important yeah. bit. Yeah, that's the important. Yeah." Phil carried on and says, says, uh, I then turned around and walked away and did not attend the match. I have to say I felt very choked up. What this man du Châtelet has done to this club, how can no senior staff not attend a home match? How low can they go? Hopefully the EFL are getting involved. Uh, we may get some answers, although I fear uh, they will do nothing. Good point that yesterday, no senior staff here. Richard Murray wasn't yeah, available. Tony Kiahan. I mean, obviously people have other things to do during the season but when mm. this is the senior member of staff I mean you'd hope that, I mean who, who was it who greeted like the the, the guy from Fleetwood the chairman of Fleetwood was meant to be a nice bloke if he was there who was it who, who sat him down for lunch Terry I reckon the Terry, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, Terry would never say no to a bit of lunch as, as, as we know right <laughs> down Farmer uh, says, yesterday's game. First of all, happy birthday, the Cheers, Dan. Uh, hope you had a great day. Right now, uh, about the game, uh, <laughs> poor in my... Uh, there's a word before poor that I can't read out there, Dan. But poor, in my <laughs> opinion, uh, not a lot of creative spark at all. Aribo didn't look great. Maybe he was tired. I mean, Boyer did say he felt that the, the players looked a bit lethargic, didn't he? Mm. Uh, so, so I imagine he agrees with Dan there. Uh, Tuesday night was the same kind of performance but with no creativity at all. Uh, players look tired so that could be why the performance has dropped. Good to see Igor back, but I don't know why Jose didn't come on as look good against Peterborough. Similar similar yeah. to what was mentioned earlier. I'm going South End Saturday so let's hope that Boya gets them two players in because we need them. Protest is what it is. Uh, at least Carter still getting them. Uh, getting the message out there. I spoke to Jim White at half time. Uh, might have chewed his ear off a bit about Roland. <laughs> he <laughs> says anyway. On to South End. Need uh, need the three points uh, asap. Good cheers for your email, Dan. Yeah, a couple. Of, I mean, he mentions again. Good to see the the, the message still getting out there. Uh, and and he spoke to Jim White. So Jim Jim came. It's on. not a bad day, really, yeah. all around. Yeah, you know Jim, the football. Jim White's a cool guy, yeah. isn't he? It's funny enough, actually. So I was uh, I knew he was going because someone had mentioned it to me, and, uh, but I just forgot to look out for him. And I was, uh, I was sitting up in my seat. And I was like. Oh, I forgot. I didn't see Jim White anyway. That's a bit annoying. And then someone sent me a video of they were trying to film Jim White, and they got half a second of Jim White. And then I just brazenly walk in to the shot. So I stood right next that to him. I stood right next to him, and I didn't funny. see him. <coughs> Excuse me, right, Mark Newry. Uh, says balance says evening guys and to think I gave up an afternoon of nappies to watch that game I'm guessing that's his first game of the season actually so good to see you got down to it Mark uh, it wasn't the worst I've seen but uh, it came down to not having a balanced midfield and also Marshy uh, going missing how many times have we said that unfortunately we missed Jake Foster getting on the ball and looked better when Lapsley came on for Prattley was man in the match uh, but he is a potty mouth and after hearing what he had to say to the ref after being booked also lucky not to get a second yellow <laughs> right, you have to DM me what that was Mark I'd be quite interested uh, Dylan's save was even more impressive from behind uh, that's where he sits right behind the goal and it might uh, keep the naysayers quiet about him also my first time seeing the Arsenal goal see Christian Billick uh, and I was impressed uh, but can't see where he's going to fit when Pierce is back cheers from Mark well he did play sort of in the when we had the diamond yesterday at one point he was playing in, in front of the back four yeah which is where he can play I mean again you Saw him up at, up at Aki uh, He looks quite calm on the ball, obviously very early he days, does. and he's a young, he's a very young man, only twenty as well. But yeah, yeah Im- impressive so yeah, far. Yeah, he, look,
3: he looks fairly comfortable on the ball, um, <coughs> and he provides a bit of backup as well. For you know, we've been he's been saying lately, Bo, about Prattley sort of been really pushed to his is um, his limits. So if he starts to tire, you know, Billet can sort of sit in there uh, and play in, in more of a defensive midfielder role rather than at the uh, in the back as part of a back four, but. It's good to have that to have that option you know it, you've he can play between those two positions, which is nice of a bit of flexibility,
2: yeah and uh yeah well like I say because he is so young i'd just be interested to see how many how many games he can handle uh but yeah i've I've, I've liked looking him so far very tall yeah is, he's very yeah, tall. passes yeah, very, the very tall. i'm sure he passes the cholton life height test right uh cholton. Uh, This email comes in from Mark Wilson, says Charlton in real trouble now, we know the club was without a chief executive, a finance officer, a full-time manager and let's face it, a strategy Uh, and we are all well aware that fans have gone missing in their droves choosing to do things that are more fun than watching the husk of a club battling out a nil-nil draw, passion has been replaced by apathy and that is very damaging but everything is cyclical throughout the club's history There have been peaks and troughs. The Premier League years were preceded by exile. The late 80s on-field success was preceded by the early 80s financial meltdown. Promotion in the 70s was preceded by years of underperformance. The FA Cup final win was preceded by a defeat the previous year. What goes around, comes around. So while we have sunk to what appears to be an all-time low, remember, it's darkest before the dawn. Ronald de Châtelet is on his way out. One way or another, he will be gone and he is the sole person holding the club back. His dis- his demise is the key that unlocks the next upswing in Charlton's fortune. So keep the faith, he'll be gone soon and the success we've all been starved of will gradually return. That's a brilliant, Love that email. brilliant email, Mark. Thanks for that. And, you know, we, we've been Charlton fans all of us for, for many many years you know we've seen good times and we've seen bad obviously we're very much in the trough at the moment but hopefully the peak will be back soon
3: yeah fingers crossed it's you know it's it's, it's, it's we're all long suffering we've all been through it I know since I've been on this show it's been through like the the real tough times. we've all seen <laughs> yeah. each other go through some seriously serious lows at Charlton at the moment but you know we're all looking forward to that day when eventually it is all over and that that email sort of really gives us something to... It's a bit of positivity to latch on isn't it? Yeah. It is going to happen at some state. It might not feel like it right now, but it is. He, want, he wants to sell and it will happen eventually and when it does... This place will be fantastic.
2: Excellent. That's a brilliant, a brilliant email there from uh, from from Mark. So Thanks for that, Dan. Uh, Briordi says no width and no crisps. Good evening. Most of our play is pretty good. Very impressed uh, with Lewis Page, who's providing our only width at the moment. However, Marshall remains an enigma. He really should be tearing up teams, but he just is, just does not take anyone on. Prattley is excellent. Works hard for me and is more reliable than cashians As such, I don't think. Cashier's really missed. And I think that's a fair point, actually, mm. so so far. I'm mean, Obviously, in terms of squad size, we'll work that out at some point. But, yeah, yeah I think I think that's a good point. So still very confident about the team. I think we will come good. I thought Fleetwood were pretty good. Uh, they have some good players, and their right wing player was a threat and a strength that we clearly uh, lack. By the way, is it true that their fans travel back on the team bus? I, oh, I don't know if that's a joke or not, but um, I do know at non-league <laughs> level, sometimes, for example, Bromley would sell seats on the team bus just to help you get to and yeah, from games yeah. back in the day so maybe Fleetwood is still with all due respect still operating on that size of fan base at away games so maybe uh, but there, there was very few of them <laughs> uh, but you know fair play to them I've, I've got a lot of respect for Fleetwood as a club and it's a nice club to go and visit yeah listen um,
3: Music they play when they're Oh, score. yeah, that's, that's horrendous. Yeah,
2: but that's our own fault for conceding. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, it says, regarding de Châtelet and the crisps, I thought that the idea was quite amusing, but they do not lend themselves to being thrown any distance, and as such, the protest was a bit stale. Should have used kettle crisps. Yeah, we were discussing this in the <laughs> pub after, like, uh, in, in the, the studio. Yeah, in the studio before the game, I made Stubbly go and stand right by the far wall and see if I could throw the crisps at him, just to see how much distance I could get on him. Yeah. I was a bit worried. And then we said, after he- kettle crisps, heavy crisps, like that, cold yeah, scratchings. Would be brilliant. Would go, yeah, yeah. They yeah would fly. So who knows? No
3: skips and quavers. Uh, no, nah, none more. of that.
2: None of that. It says for me, the card protest seems to have run its course. Du Châtelet will sell. When someone comes in with it, with an offer, and in the meantime he is subsidising us to a significant degree, who knows what he's going to be replaced with, and what funds they will have? I mean, that's always the risk you're going to take. But I think people will say, particularly at this moment in time, it's quite it clear. It, <laughs> it, it could be worse. It's quite clear that there's not a great deal of money coming in now. You know, enough to keep the club running and and to pay the bills, which is obviously could it be problems, worse in yeah. that case. But you know, not really enough to get this club back into the championship, which is what we want to see, of course. Uh, right. Um, Earlier on, uh, I mentioned earlier on that we, uh, the Roland Out Today party, uh, standing in a local election over in uh, St Trudant, uh, Roland's tone town, uh, hometown. Uh, uh, later on this year, and uh, so I wanted to find out what they've been up to this weekend because they've been over in St Trudent this weekend uh, leafleting. I understand. Uh, so I spoke to John Barnes. Now I know John. Uh, I've spoken to him about this sort of stuff before, but also he came on the uh, he came on the bike ride. Uh, that we did earlier on in in the summer uh, to answer down because often some of the accusations you get f- thrown at people who like like card and, and rotten and stuff is oh they're not proper Charlton fans. So, I mean, John came on the bike ride and that was a massive Charlton family event. That was charity mm. event. You know that John's a proper Charlton fan, so no one could ever throw that accusation at him. Uh, but he is also, as I say, protesting against uh, against Rona de Chatelet by standing. I don't know if it's him specifically, who the candidate is yet. I don't know if that's been announced, but by part of the party that's going to stand uh, in the local election over in uh, in Belgium. I spoke to him earlier to find out what they've been up to this weekend. We yeah, had we've got a load of leaflets made up before we left uh,
6: about the um, the, uh, the question of do Chate not being prepared to pay bonuses to the staff at Charlton. Uh, we thought that might be of major interest to people in some Trudon who perhaps work for one of his businesses. So, uh, you know, we just sort of warned them. Um, but they should perhaps be careful and, and considered about any uh, promises we make to them regarding payments. Uh, and we delivered um, 10,000 leaflets right across the town. Um, yesterday we had a, well. Yesterday we had a few uh, few, uh, few remaining ones that we delivered today. Um, um, today we've also visited the hotel and, um, and the Stein Cafe
2: and left some leaflets. They're the last ones we had. And uh, What sort of reaction have you been getting from the locals?
6: We've had... Um, we've not actually interacted a great deal with the locals on this occasion, although this morning I was out talking and um, was approached by a very smart chap who's a candidate for the local uh, party, socialist party here and he was very interested in our message and um, was aware that uh, you know, we'd been around Leasley thing and um, said that there were a lot of people who, who sympathised with our yeah. opinion of the chat say, and would like to chat with us and meet us and we're hoping to uh, meet with, uh, with some of his friends later on today. Um, but generally on this, you know, this visit I would say it was primarily to walk the streets and deliver Leasley so we haven't um haven't
2: met up and so too many people up to now because obviously the, uh, the the setup of the Roland out today party is is planning is planned because you've got this election this local election coming up in October I believe it is, um, yeah. is how comes you've decided to, to stand in this in, in his hometown well we, we just thought it was another way to try to
6: shine try a bit of a bit of a focus on and the sort of person he is, and um, certainly uh, we've done a lot of digging and delving, and there's a lot of questions over, at least in our opinion, there's a lot of questions about his, um, uh, his sense of fairness in terms of uh, taking advantage of his position as a leading business person here and also a local politician in the past, taking advantage of that to uh, you know, to his own benefit. Um, so. Uh, that was perhaps um, one of the angles we thought we could use to try and undermine him, annoy him, pressure on him. Uh, and that that was the idea of being in the election. Um, and of course, it sort of sat nicely with what we would see as the best traditions of Charlton fans in the activism. You know, going back to the Valley Party do Congress of that. Um, so that was the thinking,
2: really. And uh, have you had any sort of interaction with Doucetelet, or do you know sort of what his views are on, on the fact that you guys are standing in the selection out there?
6: No, uh, he's been pretty quiet about what, we've, you know, what we're what we trying to do. Uh, apart from his initial reaction back in December when we launched, and um, you know, he dismissed us really as a you know, British Quirky, quirky British humor that's that sort of thing, I think is what he said. Um, of course, since then we have we, we have actually spoken to him uh, to but we've, we've talked about football really rather than local politics on those occasions. Um, one thing for sure, um, you know, he knows that we're here this weekend and he knows about the Liggett as we, you know, as you would expect, we delivered uh, the
2: Liggett for his mailbox as well as his neighbours. And I guess a lot of work has gone into the, the setup uh, of the party and the, and the planning and that around around the party over the last few months.
6: Yeah, it's been it's been quite intense. Actually, particularly the last uh, probably the last two or three weeks. Um, you know, we've had a bit of a push to try and um, make ourselves a little bit more um, known by the fan base and, and try and drive up the membership a little bit, which we've been successful with. Um, and also, you know, preparations for coming over here, getting, I it's designed or translated and um, making contact with people here who, who give us a little help from time to time. So I think it's been pretty pretty, uh, pretty intense. Um, of course, the, the busiest time was actually setting up and getting prepared to launch the party back in the, back in the end of last year. Um, but, but recently, um,
2: yeah, these last year has have been, been quite hard. And uh can fans still sign up to be part of the Roland Out Today party?
6: Yeah, indeed. Indeed, yes, yes. And you know, the more the is the more expertise and help uh that we can we can really uh the stronger we can be. So uh, they can sign up, um, by uh paying a ten pound membership fee. Um and they can do that by PayPal, um, using the email address members at Out today
2: cool and, and finally obviously you've been uh, part of the the, the Belgium 20 group and you've been over to Belgium on, on quite a few times so are you one of, uh, are you a person who thinks that the most effective protesting will be happening within Belgium you know within Belgium or within Roland's hometown I think so
6: uh, I mean obviously it's, it's difficult to know for sure um, but I think I think he, he feels quite uncomfortable knowing that people sort of Uh, There and prepared to confront him and um, confront him directly. Um, We believe that that really does sort of ramp up the pressure on him, Um, and hopefully, you know, we'll see
2: see the benefits of that as we go forward. So, thanks to uh, to John Barnes for joining us on the uh, on, on the phone earlier this afternoon. Uh, standing for an election over in uh, over in Belgium, it would be funny if they actually got in, wouldn't it? It would be it? great. They have it? to start dealing with like bin collections and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, good luck to the guys over there taking the the message over to to Roland's hometown. a couple of more messages came in. On, uh, on, on the Charlton Life forum. So Red Army says, happy birthday to me. Thank you. Uh, it says, regarding the game, I felt it was drab uh, and more importantly, not sure of Boja's style of play uh, and really beginning to be concerned that we don't have the quality or the quantity of players to even challenge for promotion. Takeover situation is also utterly ridiculous. Apathy has set in uh, well and truly. It's a long way back, and I, have to, I, I do. I have to say, I do agree with the. I, I don't think we're going to be challenging for a promotion at all this season. Unfortunately, I mean, maybe I'll be proved wrong when when the injuries come back, but but we'll see. Uh, right, Rudder's twenty-two said, "Me personally, he will go. Keep up the pressure uh, from all along." The crisp was a good idea, uh, but not much uh, to delay the game. What about mini footballs next time? With all of Roland fail- Roland's failures uh, messages on the f- on the footballs, <laughs> that'd be quite interesting. I don't think there'd be enough footballs to, to list all of uh, all of Roland's uh, failures. Finally, one last tweet comes in from London he Says, "Got to say, our club." Uh, is suffering but you boys are top dollar uh keeping us together sunday and thursdays uh, throughout the dark times well thanks very much for that uh, london you're very kind of you uh you're one of uh one of our more uh one of our listeners who gets involved more as well so we thank you for, for that as well but thanks to everyone who gets involved of course uh, we've actually run out of time that's uh, that's flown by for me. I was worried after such a boring game yesterday uh, that we struggled to feel that. But there was so much to talk about. So many people got involved, so we thank you uh, for that. Lewis, thank you for for coming in. No problem, this, this Louis, evening. cheers. Happy birthday. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, I've been Louis Mendez. Uh, this has been Chatwin Live here on your Sunday evening. We'll be back, don't forget, on Thursday, when we'll be looking forward to next Saturday's visit to Roots Hall to take on Chris Powell's uh, South End United, so we can all get our knickers in a twist about Chris Powell and we can have that argument about we we love him too much or exactly. don't love him enough. So I'm looking forward to that. But anyway, well, thanks for listening to all of you uh, thanks, thanks for all your emails and tweets as well let's hope that Charlton absolutely smash Chris Powell's Charlton South End this week <laughs>